What is up, Chiefs Kingdom, and welcome to episode 15 of the official One Arrowhead Drive podcast. I am your host, Trevor Cogdill, and with me as usual are Dylan Cogdill and Trevor Mayhew. For this evening, guys, the Chiefs D almost left a blank space in the Bears points column this weekend. We're feeling good. How are we doing tonight, guys? man, already. (laughs) We couldn't even get into the intro. We already swifting it up. Had to, man. We're doing good. We finally, you know, got a good get-right game. Had a comfortable lead going to the four, so it was it was refreshing. T, what you got? Yeah, nice little victory Monday. Nice, comfortable win on Sunday. Heard enough of the Swifty references, though, Trev. Let's try to go the rest of the show without another one of those. I'll do my best. I will do my best. Great game this weekend, like you guys said. It was nice to see the Chiefs get back to what we know as a football team on both sides of the ball. Uh, albeit against probably what is the worst team in football. Um, actually, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna see who the worst team in football is when uh, it comes next Monday night when we get to see the Bears and the Broncos play each other. So, you know, that'll be a good one to look forward to. So yeah, let's uh, let, before we break down the uh, the Bears game, let's go ahead and do our around the league segment, um, in which we will start with those Denver Broncos that got embarrassed uh, seventy to twenty by. Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins, a lot of speed on the field for those guys. Chargers won a close one in Minnesota, which Brandon Staley tried to to get him to lose. Guys, anything else for you you want to talk about for around the league, team, how teams look this weekend, anything along those lines? That 70 piece was straight disrespectful. <laughs> there, was, there was some anger it should behind have been that. 73. Yeah, it definitely could have been. You know, it sucks getting that close to a record and you just, that, that'll never come close again, but it is what it is. It's great to see the Cowboys come back down to earth. Trevor and I talked on Friday a little bit. We mentioned to ourselves that the Cardinals might be a little sneaky game and here we are. So T, what do you got? Yeah, you always love seeing the Broncos lose, especially like that. And I honestly can't think of two coaches I despise more in the NFL than Sean Payton and Brandon Staley. I was hoping so Nick bad. I, I know we all. Uh, Sirianni's up there. Yeah, he's got to be uh, up there. He's up there. I got a little respect for Sirianni after the he was on the Kelsey podcast. Seems like an all right dude besides being a total jackass on the sidelines. But other than that, Sean Payton, Brandon Staley, I know this group was rooting hard for the Vikings to score that last touchdown. Honestly, the Chargers would probably be coachless if that had happened. But here we are. It didn't happen got away with that terrible terrible play call whenever you can hand it to your worst player on the field on fourth and one you got to do it josh kelly no doubt but but yeah it's pretty fun week of football broncos lose chiefs win never going to complain about that and a possible Bengals loss brewing on monday night football so yep be a nice cherry on top and i'm just gonna throw it out there my quarterback played a lot better than this on one leg so Bingo. That's right. Where are you at, media? Yeah, I I just want to ask you guys real quick. I know the Staley stuff on fourth and one, you know, the numbers say go for it, all that stuff. And, and, you know, he's been talked about over and over as a guy that, you know, he always wants to go for it, the numbers guy, blah, blah, blah. But was it worse that the Vikings very obviously had no play called with 30 seconds left on the clock and they stood there and let 15 seconds run off and then threw something together and then next thing you know, Kirk's throwing a faith ball up there to 
I think it was Hawk in the middle and, you know, it, it bounces into the Chargers' hands. I just, I don't know. That's a terrible look. I, I think the Vikings are kind of spiraling. I think Kirk could be a candidate to be a Jet uh, before the trade deadline. Uh, I don't know. Anything you guys, anything else you guys got, and then we'll move into the Chiefs. Just thankful we got Big Red. That's all I can say. For sure. We, we've qu- yeah, oh, questioned him at times, is- but never done something like that. Yeah, word is O'Connell had that play called, and then Kirk just couldn't get him lined up. And I think he got caught in between wanting to spike the ball and wanting to run the play and ended up just not doing any of it. So terrible ending for the Vikings. I I kind of agree with you, Dylan. I think there's a chance he could be a Jet. But behind that offensive line, we know Kirk doesn't handle pressure well. I I, I, I don't think it's a good fit. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see as the season moves on. Uh, definitely not a great start for a team that uh, has a lot of big pieces on offense and and really can't seem to get going in Minnesota. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the injuries for the game. Um, we had Nick Bolton, who sat Richie James on IR, which is a guy that I don't think we'll see much of moving forward as this team develops. Prince, he had a, a quad injury during the second half of that game. I think he was chasing down a guy uh, who, on a, that first pick that Gabbert threw and looked like he kind of came up gimpy there. Uh, Donovan Smith got a little banged up in the second half, but he came back, so that was good to see. And then obviously the most important one was you know, a play that I think in all three of our opinions should have never happened um, when Yannick Ngakwe rolled up on Mahomes' ankle. Like I said, that play should have never happened, and, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Real quick, What's Trev, I will say – Richie James going down, you know, Montreal Washington did not look like a bad little returner. So no, he can might stay. be a little blessing in disguise, but yeah, I just want to get that real quick before we get too far into it and forget. But yeah, I think Montreal Washington's here to stay. He looked great and look looked serviceable. I don't know where he came from, but it was I a pleasant he was in surprise Denver last year. Yeah, he was a he was a Denver rookie last year. Showed out a little bit, but ended up we took him off his off their practice squad and yeah, yeah he, he looked well. good yesterday. You guys are right yeah. about that. Yeah, I think Big Red already uh, confirmed too. He's he's gonna stay around, and since he looked so good back there, so that's good to see. It's always nice to find a guy who's sure-handed back there and had a little bit of wiggle too to start the game. So, all right. So, like we talked about, the offense was back, uh, exploded for 456 yards, kind of did whatever they wanted through the air and on the ground. Rookies looked good. Travis Kelsey was kind of back to his his norm. Didn't have to do much. Um, so, guys, anything you guys want to highlight for the offense and what you saw on Sunday? I don't know how much we can take from it, right? But it is nice to see us look like we expected from the beginning of the year. Pat's Pat's box scores great, like always. It could it could say five touchdowns very easily, though, right, guys? I think I think two of those ended up yeah, being rushing touchdowns. Yeah, Rasheed Wright should add two. two. Stopped at like yeah. the half inch line twice. Both times, and both of them ended up being rushing. One to Pacheco and one to Collide, I believe. Yep. Five touchdown day was definitely in his range of outcomes. It helped that it seemed like Bears secondary pieces were dropping like flies the minute the game started. I think we had pauses in action like the first two or three drives just from safeties and corners getting banged up and going out in and out of the game the rest of the time. Not that that really mattered much, but certainly didn't uh didn't hurt things at all um box score looked good offense looked good you love to see Rashi Rice get in there and play albeit against that that defense want to see him step up 
in the upcoming weeks, especially with this one coming up we got against the Jets? Dill? We came in, we handled business. I think Trevor, Cogdill, and I were both a little lenient on how bad this team was, and we were a little generous when we were doing our game picks. Trev, shout out to you. You're pretty close with that 38-10 spot. So not much to take away. Trav looked more back to normal, which is what we were hoping to see. Uh, we did get their running game going a little bit, which is a pleasant surprise. We had 37 carries total. So I just feel like this offense works much better when you can get that run game going a little bit and open some things up for Pat. When we get one dimensional, that's one of these wide receivers don't quite get open quite as well. So, yeah, I think that's where I'm at. Uh, Trev, how about you? Yeah, my main takeaway was we did establish the run well, which, as Pat alluded to post-game, you know, doing that makes the rest of the offense open up so much and and how, you know, and just he talked about how important that was for this team. So that was good to see us <clears throat> run the ball so well. And then, you know, Rasheed Rice, he seems like a guy that, is going to get there one day. I mean, he's going to be that guy one day. He's just right now he's got one or two drops per game that, you know, I'll be in the second half. Yeah, he he didn't, you know, the one in the second half, it's really no consequence because the game was already out of hand at that time. But, you know, it's still a ball he should catch. Um, So I, I think once we clean that type of stuff up, if by no means were we perfect on Sunday, but, I mean, we definitely saw a glimpse of what this team can be capable of. The offensive line still hasn't been credited with a sack, so that's great to see, too, keeping 15 clean. Speaking of the offensive line, I mean, we have to talk about the Juwan Taylor stuff. It reared its ugly head again. This guy is under a microscope right now, you know, and and we've seen plenty of pictures on Twitter since the game of other offensive linemen, other tackles lining up more towards the backfield. I, I just don't understand how this guy can continue to get picked on thanks to Terry McCauley after, you know, Thursday night football in week one, it's just getting out of hand and, and big red and Pat talked about that at the podium post game. And it's got to stop at some point, or at least it has to be equal across the board. And it almost got Pat's ankle hurt pretty badly again, which at first it didn't look good, but it, you know, he came right back and he was fine after the half. So anything on that real quick. Yeah, that play should have never happened. I mean, that was a touchdown. That was a bullshit ticky tacky. And by all means, he's been lined up way worse throughout that game as far as further back. So, I don't know. Yes, he's got to adjust. But, man, it just seems like if he's inches off that right guard uh, belt line, he's he's getting that freaking call every time. So, And, heck, even one of them, I believe Smith was lined up further back than he was. It looked like in the video replay. So, I don't know how they're choosing this. I don't know what Jawan did to the league. But right now, he's definitely the black sheep. So. It's frustrating, but I guess until they figure it out, we got to just keep rolling with it, and we're going to have to deal with it every week. I think a lot of the blame can go to Terry McCauley and Chris Collinsworth for that Thursday night game, just making it such a big deal. Like It doesn't happen across the league all season long, and now he's just under that microscope, like y'all said, just being you know made an example of. You feel bad for the guy because – He's playing his he's playing his ass off as far as his job goes. The ticky tack stuff's got to stop. And I think once fifteen speaks up, once Big Red sp- speaks up, like they spoke up after the game this week, you're gonna see it. You're gonna see it change a little bit. I think when the star of your league says something about other players in the league and his guy being made an example of, th- things will change. So I think we see, I think we see it called differently, and 
Jawan's been doing it his whole career. So what's he supposed to do at this point? I'm like, like y'all just mentioned, he wasn't even that far lined, lined up off the ball on that one that got Pat hurt and was the touchdown to MVS on, on a beautiful ball from Pat. So I think we see it slow down as the season progresses and we'll see. It just sucks right now because like we mentioned, could have cost big injury for Pat and it got Jawan bench in the second half. I know they said laceration on the inside of his mouth or whatever, but we took him out for a mental break, I believe. I, I really hope, and I, I sent it to you guys earlier today, but there's some reports out there that say that Andy did that intentionally to pull him out and see if he could line other guys up like Prince and then Donovan Smith set them deeper than they were in the first half and see if they got called for the illegal formation and no one else ever did. So if that's really true, I mean, that's a little ridiculous. And Andy's just out here playing, playing chess compared to everyone else. Yeah. I was just going to say, if, if that truly is true, I mean, you can send all that tape right into the NFL head officiating and just say, what did we do wrong here? Or what's the difference? And if you don't have an answer for us then you got to stop calling it. Yep. For sure. One last thing I want to talk about before we get to the defense is um, I'm a, I said it last podcast i think uh after week one or week two i can't remember i can't remember but i will eat crow again apparently justin watson is the uh only deep threat we have on this team because the guy continues to get open um the throw that pat made to him just with the flick of the wrist it seemed like under a little bit of duress was uh nothing short of stupendous i I don't know i I, surely surprising the hell out of me that we're scheming him open which is great at least it's somebody but it just Again, I never thought it would be Justin Watson, but I'll happily eat crow as long as uh, we're putting yards up on the offense. So defense, I don't know about you guys. There's not a lot to say. The offense was pretty bad uh, on the Bears side. Bill, what do you got? Yeah, defense, I mean, you had a top 10 linebacker and Nick Bolton sitting out and it didn't look like we missed a beat. So hats off to them. You got a top I mean, I'm even saying probably, and by their stats-wise, he is the number one corner right now, but McDuffie is locking stuff down. Yes, the offense was terrible. The pass rush is mean. Like, there's just a lot to look forward to on this defense. And the even the best part, the little asterisk, is it's the youngest defense in the league. For once in Patty's resume, that's just nice to see for once. So, I think that McDuffie top five corner like you said Dylan by by the stats uh he's playing he's playing his ass off but he's not even lining up on the on the other team's best guy we we saw Sneed shadowing uh DJ Moore a lot it just shows you how deep our secondary is with McDuffie and then he's not even lining up the best on their best guy and DJ Moore and that we had Sneed over there yesterday locking him up um Justin Fields locked him up (laughs) <laughs> good point deal good point yeah, that's a great point <laughs> we had a discussion about fields today and how bad he may or may not be but um yeah the linebackers the played right well. now ask the question all right justin fields or zach wilson who's worse yeah yellow who's worse zach disrespect a team zach wilson has a team what the fuck does justin fields have uh hey zach wilson no, Zach Wilson didn't get hyped up all offseason. Justin no, Fields right. is nothing short of MVP, like better half of the league in MVP odds in the offseason. Hey, I said. And now here we are. I said, listen, I said Zach Wilson, and it's not close as far as who's worse. 
Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, with that. you read my you read my response wrong, Dylan. Yeah, I'm on your side. Zach Wilson. Yeah. Zach Wilson is way worse than Justin Fields. <laughs> yeah, no, we're all three on that. Honestly, side, but I think it's honestly, than Zach Wilson could not. Trev, Zach Wilson could not win the MVP in the CFL. Okay, in the XFL, actual. <laughs> but he that's can make an all plane throw. <laughs> yeah, look at him out of the pocket. <laughs> okay, <laughs> to get us back in the, say to get us back in the defense. From 2018 on, here's our uh, points given up. From 2018, we had 92 points. 2019, 64. 2020, 60. 21, we went back up to 95. 22, 65 at this point in the season. This year, we have given up 33 points through the first three weeks. So that, def- I mean, that speaks volumes there. So shout out to Spags. Hey, yep. Ten points a game will get a- get her done. Spags and Spags and Veach for for drafting, right? Yeah, for sure. Saw something on Twitter today that uh, Veach doesn't get enough credit for trading up in that draft to get McDuffie right in front of a contender, right in front of an AFC contender, snagged him. Um, was that the Bills? I yes, believe it was the Bills. The Bills. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah Bills, the Bills wanted McDuffie. The Bills wanted McDuffie, and we traded up in front of him, got him, and now he, he's shown out in year two. So, yeah, 10 points a game. Given up by the defense, that'll that'll get it done, especially with Patrick Mahomes on the other side of the ball. For sure, not just McDuffie. I thought I thought Joshua Williams played a good day, game yesterday as well. So he flashed quite a few times. Really, you can point everywhere on this defense. Drew Tranquil stepped up in Nick Bolton's absence, led the team in tackles, just like we had kind of been alluding to all offseason. We finally got to see it. So all around, great effort from the D. I don't yeah. understand Chris the, Jones with another sack. Yeah, I don't understand Chicago settling for a field goal when you're down 40, but got to kick that field goal. You have to. You have to. Um, got to <laughs> get rid of the shutout. You can't be shut out in the NFL. That's right. Ask ask the uh, commanders. They did the same. Trev, you, I was getting ready to compliment the, the D-line, uh, what we saw out of them. Again, CJ getting a sack, Dana getting a sack, George getting half a sack along with Tranquil. Um. I'm not tooting my own horn here, but I still think that Dana is one of the most solid compliments in, in the interior pass rush that we have right now. I can't wait for Omenahu to get back because the D-line could be even better than it is right now. And it and we've seen George take a pretty good step forward. And again, Dana is, is a great compliment on the inside. Since it seems like, I don't know to you guys, it seems like CJ has he switched outside way more this year so far, at least what he did earlier last year in the season. He's kicked out more and he's looked really good when he's kicked outside um, against those. Uh, been a couple rookie tackles that he's ran into and that's been a nightmare for them. So um, that's good to see. But I think that'll take care of the defense uh, again. Pretty much uh, clean house this game. Not much to to say. So other than that. Um, all right, let's go ahead and get to our over under results from last week. Dill kind of taking a stranglehold right now, eight and three, Trev five and six, and me four and seven. So we do have a one, two, three to start the year through three weeks. Uh, DJ Moore over under was our first one, and the number was 41 and a half receiving yards. We all went over, and he ended up with 41 receiving yards. Yet again, that is why they build palaces in the desert. That's right. That's right. Next one, Mahomes over under 17 and a half rushing yards. 
he did, in fact, go over. So then Trev and I went under. So that's where Dill kind of widened the gap a little bit there. Kelsey over under 73 and a half receiving yards. I believe he had, what was it? 69. Six, nice. Nice. <laughs> Trev went under there. <laughs> he was the one to get the W there as Dylan and I went over. And then Fields was way under his rushing prop that I set. Um, so we all won there. So again, Dill leading the pack right now. Trev nailed the uh, the score 38 to 10. So props to you there. Um, other than that, guys, let's go ahead and get out of here. We'll have the same two podcasts coming up later this week in the uh, Jets preview for Sunday Night Football and then the uh, DFS podcast, which kind of shout out to us, uh, Trev and Dill, too. You guys jump in here. We had a good week, a lot of good picks. We're only going to get better, I hope. Guys, anything before we get out of here? Hey, shout out to us. That's right, Trev. Had a lot of good picks on the pod. We kind of reviewed it, reviewed ourselves this week, decided that if you – Picked and choose and pick the right ones that we said for the DFS show. You, you could have won a lot of money. We didn't win a lot of money, but we had the right plays. We just didn't put them all together. All jokes aside, yeah, that, that podcast is a lot of fun. Yeah, Trev doubled up. Yeah, right. so It's definitely nice my best up. week of the year. So We'll, we'll, we'll review it was, that. It was the first whenever it comes first out. legitimate fun week of fantasy football, I thought. Yeah, last yeah few we weeks gave it all away terrible. tonight. <laughs> that I did. That I did. <laughs> Uh, no, but all jokes aside, that's a lot of fun just chatting fantasy football with you guys. And I think as like Trev said, as the season goes on, we'll get better at it and we'll hopefully build a community and make people some money. Yeah, I think we'd be doing a discredit. I know Trev kind of got into it at the very beginning, but are you guys prepared to hear about Taylor Swift the entire year from here on out? I just hope we don't get a, a bad breakup song, man. Breakup I mean, truthfully. Truthfully, I heard this on on the radio today. Swifties don't want TK and and her to to get along, man. They want they want to go for like three months and then have a bad breakup so they can get more songs. Nobody wants this relationship to end happy. So, um, hey, if I guess if it doesn't happen, happy, all those Swifties will just have to shake it off. Oh wow, Jesus I, Christ! We- we are getting out of here on that one. <laughs> Next time we see you guys, we'll talk Jets and we'll talk about how bad Zach Wilson is. We'll see you guys next time. Hit us up wherever you guys find your podcasts, rate and review us, and we'll see you next time.